great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not going to remember any of it. That's the way to go. Now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other great host of this show, Nick. And Nick, defense. Defense is the priority topic of this episode. Raheem Morris less needs comments and everything in between. But first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? I'm good. Defense, man. I mean, look at the two of the greatest defenses that we've ever seen in the playoffs. Uh, the Browns, historic defense that everybody, including myself, has said was amazing. Terrible. Laid an egg. Let's up like 45 <laughs> in Houston. And then the Cowboys. Oh, my God. Michael Parsons. Oh, my God. Dan Quinn. Oh, my God. Let's up 45 points against the Packers. Uh, defense, more than ever, I think is – so important, and the fact that we are almost guaranteed to lose Ra- to lose Raheem Morris is just going to be it's going to be weird next year. It's going to be really difficult. Let's kind of set the table here, right? Because they spent no money on their defense in 2023, right? Like it's nothing like San Francisco's defense, nothing like Baltimore's defense. Who we might eventually try to poach from. We'll see. Let's get to it. But first, as we start this off, like Aaron Donald, Kobe Turner. Rookie Byron Young was a rookie. Michael Hoyt, undrafted free agent. Ernest Jones, Christian Roseboom, undrafted free agent. Akella Witherspoon, cheap one year rental. Jacoby Duran in his second year. Darion Kendrick in his second year. Jordan Fuller, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent. John Johnson was a cheap one year rental. Quinton Lake in his second year. Like you didn't have a ton from a personnel standpoint to be working with. And it, in terms of experience, in terms of expenses, like this defense was not top tier. It was cheap. It was inexpensive. You brought in a lot of free agents to be able to fill some gaps. And now what's happening is you're, you know, kind of standing between the lines of losing potentially Raheem Morris to a head coaching job. Like Nick, who isn't he interviewing with right now? It seems like Raheem Morris has been across the entire league, every single head coaching vacancy um, Raheem Morris is a part of. And, you know, this picture is, it's very sentimental in terms of the relationship with Sean McVay and Raheem Morris. But like holistically, I think it's representative of the way that Raheem Morris treats his players and the staff and him being the glue guy within this organization that was able to build a scheme that was able to get the Rams over the top from 2020 to 2021 with the departure of Brandon Staley. And as good as he was in 2023, we know that Rams fans are a little bit split in terms of their opinions and how they feel in terms of which direction this goes. But I think for the most part, Raheem Morris has been a success in Los Angeles. And I would be quite upset to see him just, you know, I, I would be in favor of him going to see, get, get, get a head coaching job, but I'd be upset to see him leave. Well, I mean, just looking at that Lions game, it kind of shows exactly how some Rams fans could be split, right? It's like they have no problem moving the ball for the first half. Like, don't even sure. need to get the third, uh, third down. They score 21 points easily. And then... You know, Raheem essentially putting it on display on primetime for a head coaching job next year. And he has three points. The defense holds the Lions to three points in the second half. And it just wasn't enough for our, our, our offense to really counteract. But still, it's he he shows exactly 
how to adjust perfectly. And in this league, I think that is one of the biggest keys of success with a defensive mind. It's a huge asset. And right, like you're also going to potentially lose a guy like Eric Henderson, right? He's going to go coach with USC. I mean, that's another big vacancy. He's a guy who's been a mainstay. He's been one of Aaron Donald's closest confidants since they've been in the building together. Like it's a massive departure. So you kind of have to take into consideration like, yeah, sure, you might be split over the fact that Raheem Morris is leaving, but there's going to be other key personnel and other key staff members that leave alongside of Raheem Morris. Even Chris Shula is getting some jobs and inter- or getting some interviews. And in terms of continuity, right, if you le- lose some of these staff members, it, it will hurt. Like it's it's been great what they've been able to build up within this building, their identity, and all these great things kind of come along with it. But you kind of have to be able to keep your, your eye on some of these other names and potential replacements for Raheem Morris because there are some really good ones. Like there are some, some that we definitely have our eyes on that I would be definitely excited about if we were able to bring them in. There's a guy in Baltimore right now. His name is Denard Williams, defensive backs coach for Baltimore. He's a guy who's been a mainstay. I believe he's with Philadelphia at some point with Baltimore and he's been excellent. Like you see the way that their secondary has been playing. You see the way that their defensive backs and safeties are able to swarm around the football and they play that match zone coverage. I think schematically, this would be a great, great addition. There's another coach. There's another guy we have our eyes on. He's 34 years old, Demarcus Covington. He's a defensive line coach for the Patriots. You're already interviewed with the Cardinals and the Chargers. So you kind of have to get your eyes on, on who could potentially replace um, Raheem Morris and also Eric Henderson. And there's uh, another guy in the name of Al Harris, if you remember him from the Green Bay Packers. He's now the defensive backs coach for the Cowboys, who I would absolutely love to poach because he's definitely going to get interviews. He's definitely eventually going to get promoted with the Dallas Cowboys if he hasn't already. Um, so I think there's a lot of different names that are going to be floating around that fit the mold of what the Rams like in coaches, right? Previous players previous professional experience, like all guys that are younger with a younger mentality that can relate to the players that relate to the head coach. So all of that I think is going to come together, but trying to get on top of the moving pieces that are Raheem Morris and Eric Henderson. The coaching carousel kind of makes us a little pigeon toed essentially because other teams are going to be interviewing for their defensive coordinator position immediately where we don't really know what's going to happen with Raheem until he gets hired by somebody else. So it, it puts us in kind of an awkward position because obviously he's welcome back if he doesn't get a head coaching spot. But all of a sudden, you know, you have Bill Belichick, uh, Harbaugh, uh, Mike Vrabel, like amazing head coaching candidates on the table, Ben Johnson and Raheem Morris. And it's like those two, all of a sudden, they don't look as shiny as they used to with all those other guys apparently being, you know, open to a new job. So hopefully we're in a situation where we either find out that he's staying or he's not going to stay, you know, sooner than later. I mean, yeah. what, what, what most likely is going to happen, Dean, is we're going to release the episode and then it's immediately, he's immediately going to get a head coaching job because that seems to always be the case. Do you remember what happened last year? I think we were going into the off season program and he was still interviewing. He was on like his 14th interview with the Indianapolis with Colts. Colts. Yeah. Jim Irsay was staying at Jim Irsay's house. They were playing pickleball. I have no idea what else the hell was happening behind the scenes, but there was an in-depth amount of, they ended up hiring the right guy in Shane Steichen and have a really good foundation moving forward. But like Raheem Morris was one of the three finalists for that job. And I think that's maybe a similarity in terms of what can happen this offseason is it's going to be strung along for a long period of time. But maybe, 
maybe just because he has such a high volume of interviews that somebody will make the, the right decision sooner than later with Raheem Morris. It's all TBD. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm hoping that he does get a head coaching job just because yeah. he endorsed by less need. And yeah. I'm tired of the uh, Raheem 10 years ago on the box. It's like, come on. Man. Yeah, that's a decade. Like, can we stop and, hearing and tired, about that? Tired of the divide, too, that it causes within the fan base. Like, hey, yeah, yeah you know what? If you, if you can press a little bit more at the line of scrimmage with your secondary and you have the personnel to be able to do so, Raheem showed that he wanted to do that more so this season, and he did. Hey, you want to yeah. be able to blitz a little bit more often? Maybe he's not the defense coordinator to be able to do so. And in some situations, in early game situations, especially against the Lions on the road, you have to be able to do those kind of things. So I get it. Like I get why there's a divide and hopefully that goes away. But I, I still think like there's an article from Shil Kapadier from the ringer in August of 2023, where he talks about how Raheem Morris either has to work a miracle or the Rams are going to have to discover a bunch of young players whom they could build with going forward in order for the 2023 defense to be successful. And it was, so that's kind of what we're looking at. And then also like outside of that, if you can add, a top tier talent in terms of Brian Burns, right? Like that's one guy I think the Rams fans have had an eye on for a couple of years now. Like he's 25 years old. The Panthers GM situation is entirely in question and they just, uh, they just fired Scott Fitterer, but like this is a player that can kind of like fill or be the first, you know, kind of building block as an off season piece. Cause you look for another um, another GM, and I'd assume that that whoever that is is going to try to franchise tag him, and or they're going to try to offer him some kind of deal that isn't in line with what another competitor is going to offer, like the Rams potentially. But he's as premier as it gets. Like he's top tier edge rusher. Exact could come in and play immediately, and every single Rams fan would be obsessed with the way that he plays football. Yeah, I. It's been I think it's what's going on like two years of clamoring for him uh from yeah. from rams fans wow. i think people have been talking about him for quite some time uh i mean yeah it would just be it would be amazing he's absolutely a game breaker he's only 24 right like yeah i think he just or he's just turned 25 so he's 24 right. turning 25 but i mean like he is as good as it gets in terms of skill i think he was dealing with an elbow injury that forced him to switch sides this past season justin houston was supposed to be the reliable threat opposite of Brian Burns. He was paid six million this season for a half a sack, and he dealt with a ton of injuries. Like right. opposing offenses were only scheming against him and Derek Brown. That's it. Like the offense was so damn bad that they rarely even had opportunities to be able to pin their ears back and rush the passer, which is when pass rushers are really able to rack up any flashy numbers, get their sacks, get their pressures, get their hurries. But he's a superhuman like player, like Aaron Donald is. Like he is thinner. Um, then a Cam Jordan, but the way that he bends, the way that he could bend the corner is absolutely special. There's very, very few in the world that have that kind of ability. He's insanely explosive, strength and speed combinations on display constantly. And that's why you like a kid like that, because it's very comparable to another guy that a lot of Rams fans have their eyes on. That could be another foundational piece and a first building block for the offseason in Josh Allen. Not to be confused with the Josh Allen in Buffalo. But this is an edge rusher that's almost the same age, almost the exact same size. He's now an unrestricted free agent. And in terms of the average market value, you might see something very similar in terms of what a team is going to offer him per year. So this is the decision. I mean, if this, this is kind of the, the fun and the luxury you have being able to be less neat in the Rams with a lot of cap space moving forward. And I think this move kind of has to happen because Michael Hoyt, is that your future opposite of Byron Young? Definitely not. No, no. I, and. 
it's funny just to go back on kind of Brian Burns for a second. I believe that Panthers defense with him on it, like the record didn't really show how good that defense was. And a lot of it was entirely up to him. And I think if they get an offensive minded coach, if it's not Raheem Morris, you know, there's a, maybe there's a chance for him to stay, but, but I also believe that he's going to want to be on a team that's like legitimately contending at some point. And and it's not going to be the Panthers next year, maybe the following year, but not next year. No, but remember when he posted the Ram in the middle of last season? It was like in late November. He posted a picture of a Ram on his Instagram. Brian Burns wants to be a Ram. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But Josh Allen might want to be too. Like, uh, Jags picked up his fifth-year option, and the average market value for Josh Allen is $24 million per year versus what we're looking at, Brian Burns, $21 million per year. So you could save yourself some money. But in in the context of, like, the Rams' total salary cap, Joe Nopu next year set to be a $20 million cap hit. So, like, would you rather have Brian Burns for $21 million per year or would you rather have Joe Nopum, who is a swing tackle, who got beat out by an undrafted free agent in Alaric Jackson? To yeah, play I think tackle? every Rams fan is going to say Brian Burns. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, no. between these two players, it's like, can't decide. Can't decide. Bring an aneurysm. Oh, it's, it's, to the, it's to the point where, you know, you're kind of splitting hairs with how great both of these players are because – I mean, both both superhuman type players, both will be pretty large salary cap hits. But I mean, I just love the speed combo and power, explosiveness, everything that they have that they paired together. And we, oh, my God, we lost Nick. Where did Nick go? Don't worry, D. I'm here. Just had to grab my charger. <laughs> I'm here. Don't worry. <laughs> Brian Burns went quarterback hunting and, and found Nick. I think he's back at his seat. Yes. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. I got the no, little blurb okay. on my computer that was like, your computer's about to die. And I was like, oh my God. But what a bad well, what a bad way for the episode to end. Just a dead I, screen. Just just you guys are left with me. That would be terrible. Uh, I feel sorry for you guys. Um all right, Nick. I think we talked enough about the defense. I think in terms of secondary, like when you look at what the Rams really need, you know, it's an edge rusher. You know, you're going to probably go after a free agent edge rusher. And Brian Burns or Josh Allen just fits the bill of what the Rams are looking for. But then also right. like Jordan Fuller and John Johnson are likely gone. So are you going to backfill that with Russ East and Jason Taylor, two guys that you've drafted late in the last two drafts outside corner? You know, you're looking at a free agent. Akella Witherspoon may be gone and rightfully so. He might go chase a bag. And then weak side line, linebacker. We talked about in the last episode opposite Ernest Jones. Your defense is going to have a lot of turnover. Like, realistically, you're not going to have Aaron Aaron Donald, or you're going to have Aaron Donald, Kobe Turner, Byron Young, Ernest Jones, Darion Kendrick, and Quentin Lake. Everybody else is, has a chance to be on. Yeah, that's the only thing that kind of worries me about next year is, is the potential for a slow start. I know the schedule is kind of a little creepy because there's a lot of really good teams in there, yeah. uh, home and away. But – the offense is going to need to really kind of blow up in the beginning because we just have no idea what the defense is going to look like next year mm-hmm. as of right now. So that's the only mm-hmm. thing that's keeping me skeptical. But I think re- regardless of who they bring in, even in the Wade Phillip days, I felt like we were under Sean McVay unless the defense was always kind of it. Maybe not the star of the show, but always a huge, huge factor as to why they were so good. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's Donald a huge part, and then the secondary outside of Jalen Ramsey was kind of just there. Yeah, I mean it's it's a huge part of it. Like you have to be able to play complementary football consistently. They got so much out of what they had this year, but like schematically, 
It's going to change. Key personnel is going to change outside of Aaron Donald and some of the other consistent pieces that we've talked about. So, yeah, I mean, it's all it's all TBD. But I mean, I think we I I feel like we have a pretty good grasp in terms of what the Rams like to focus on for defensive coordinators and other coaches within the building and then also type of personnel that they'd be looking for. So all TBD. We will see. I think I'm ready for my favorite part of the week. We got a little quick Knicks picks for you. Producer's going to get fired. Love it. I was going to try to duck out so there was no me in the chair again. Um, but that's all right. Knicks picks, week two of the playoffs. My only pick that hit last week was barely even a Knicks picks. I gave Dean an opportunity to make a Dean Lock a pick, and that was the only winner. Puka Nakua found the end zone. We got torched on Knicks picks. I got torched in real life, too, because I took all my picks. But that's all right. We have a lot of money to be made on Knicks picks. There's a lot of time left in the playoff hunt. Dean, is there anything that you like particularly? Uh, no. <laughs> No, you know what? I really, I, I like the lines outright. I don't know what the money line is. You know, I, I would assume that they're favorites because they're at home heavy. and the Bucks heavy. are traveling to them. But I mean, I would probably try to double down the lines, go to the NFC Championship. Yeah, I, I feel that way too. I actually, because it, it's, it's pretty obvious that they're going to bite off a kneecap and we'll do whatever necessary, whether it's Kirby Joseph or whomever, they're going to bite somebody's kneecap off. So yeah. go Lions, I guess. Not Let's really. start off with Baltimore. All right, line straight up. That's fine. Let's start off by going to Baltimore. Texans at Ravens. Uh, it's a great story here in Baltimore. It really is. We have a really young buck versus uh, his inevitable end game. Uh, CJ Stroud is doing so much to prove that he will be a legit quarterback in this league for years to come. He's already outperformed expectations. And now in his first year, already has a playoff win under his belt. It takes quarterbacks sometimes three to four years to win a playoff game. It took it took Jordan Love three years. Just kidding, but not really. Uh, <laughs> what I'm not understanding here is the low over under, 43 and a half. I'm sure it has something to do with weather, probably. That just doesn't make sense. The Ravens and Texans both demonstrated that they are more than capable of putting up big numbers on their own. 43 and a half. I think both teams have scored over that by themselves this year. Usually when the spread is this high, it's at nine and a half. The under tends to sing. But I'm not going to buy it. Lamar has a chance to run the table, including the Super Bowl, and it all starts against a Houston defense that looked formidable last week. Do I think that they can stop the MVP? No, but I've been doubting Houston all year. So maybe this is when I finally get the last laugh. Give me a six-point tease. So we adjust the over from 43.5 to 37.5 and, and the Ravens line to Ravens minus nine to Ravens minus three. Also, I like the over straight up. At 43, I think uh, you're going to need some points in this game, no matter what, from both of these teams for these bets to hit. So let's just hope for some studly quarterback play out of both of them and a fun, high-scoring match. I like it. What do you got next? I think I agree. Right. I I, I don't see that game going another way. Like yeah, I'm not going to argue that. I mean, the, the Texans' dream, I think, has to end somewhere, and I think it makes sense to end in the hands of John Harbaugh. It, yeah, to me, it made sense to end at the hands of Joe Flacco, but I mean, I guess, I guess we were all wrong on that one. That's funny. If only we all would have loved that. Yeah. All right. Bucks at Lions. You know, I was going to touch this game. I left the Rams Lions game thinking the Rams were still one of the best teams in the league, and I know you did too. They go into Detroit and they play their asses off, and they come up just short by one, thanks to a fifty-three yard uh, yard kick out of a backup kicker. When do we ever get that luck? But still, I feel like the Rams could beat any team in the NFC right now, and Sunday against the Lions just wasn't their day. 
What does that say, though? It says the Lions were up to the challenge. They played a great team. They came into their own stadium, and they made four field loud, which forced the Rams to burn timeouts, which truly adjusted the game. McVay later said that Ford Field was the loudest environment he's ever been in. Not Seattle, not the Dome in New Orleans and the NFC Championship, but Ford Field. That's nuts. I mean, the first playoff game ever there. The Lions, like it or not, they're legit. They feel legit. They look legit. Uh, they have a great offense led by Goff. It goes without saying that, of course, I'm going to be rooting for them. But it should also go without saying that the Eagles last week laid an egg. They rolled over and died, and I really don't think it has much to do with what the Bucks showed, I think it was more so that the Eagles just were not up for the challenge. They limped into the game and they limped out and it was just pathetic. And I don't really want to give the Bucks offense that much credit. I, that Eagles secondary was doing nothing led by Matt Patricia. They left the door open for a while too with all the drops. Uh, and so uh, to me, it's, it, it just seems like it, this is, it has the, has the potential of a Detroit masterclass to be riding high into the MC championship. I like Lions minus six and a half. I also like Detroit to win the first half and the game at minus 180 because I just think if they win the first half, they'll also likely the uh, the game. Give uh, Call me Snide in DK64 because the Lions have the blueprint to beat the Bucks. <laughs> and you got one more for us? I agree. You got one more for us? I got a quick pick for you. I like Kansas right, City money line. I'm just not going to doubt Mahomes. He's never given us a reason to ever doubt him. I think – he truly believes that Allen is like his ultimate rival. I think he he believes that he's like a layer above yeah. pretty much every other young quarterback. And I think this game means a lot more to Mahomes than people think. I'm going to go opposite of you. I'm going to go Josh Allen because the Bills are at home and Patrick Mahomes has never played a playoff game on the road outside of the Super Bowl. That's true. So that should but, be. But he's 2-1. He's two and one in Super Bowl, so I know. Yeah, you're right. So I guess he only has one road playoff loss, but I still would be fearful of Kansas City. You know, and the, mostly defense. I mean, outside of Mahomes, Travis Kelsey is, seems like he's on the down. Obviously, Rasheed Rice is great for them, but like outside of that, not a ton in Pacheco, but not a ton else. Like I, I think Buffalo is maybe it's their time. He's he's two and zero oh in neutral field Super Bowls, but. There was that Super Bowl in Tampa with right. some fans, like the nurses of the world. So I guess that kind of counts as a home game. So, yeah. But, like, that's that's taking out him in context of, like, the greater Mahomes ethos. That's just totally. like, well, he hasn't done this yet. So it's right, like, right. he's going to yeah. do it. Mahomes, I, I so get it. Betting, betting against Mahomes is stupid. But, you know, Tom Brady went through a streak where – Three, one, two, three Super Bowls. They went through a little bit of a lull for seven, eight years. So who knows? You know, I don't. Yeah, I, I just Buffalo at home. It seems like if they got a little bit time, of time. The argument for Buffalo is if there's a if there's a time and place to beat Kansas City, it's right here, right? It's now. right now. Yeah, you're not going to get them looking like this ever again. So, and if you guys are enjoying this, if you guys are enjoying Nick's picks, you guys are enjoying all the little breakdowns in between the big episodes and everything else that we're putting out there. Please, please. Ram it. <laughs> like and subscribe, comment, do everything. It helps increase the reach. We need more people to listen to the pod. All good things happen when more people listen to the pod. We appreciate you guys and go Rams. Go Rams. Thanks for listening. <laughs>